He's like the Howard Stern show. <laughs> Randy, war- <laughs> Randy warned me about that. All right. You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. Welcome to EMC Crossover. I am Jesse Kiefer, and I'm filling in for network producer uh, Randall Sylvie. And I am one-third of the hosting team for the Grolix podcast and also host of the Turning Cartwheels podcast. And tonight, I am joined by uh, Dustin Smothers of the Pro Wrestling Iowa podcast. Hello. How's it going, everybody? How's it going? Uh, happy International Podcast Day, everyone. What a glorious day to be alive. What a glorious day indeed. And also, uh, Dustin is our undertaker, uh, you know, like to throw a pro wrestling thing in there. He's got yes. the streak. He is currently the, uh, the EMC member that has been on the most crossover episodes, all of the crossover episodes so far. I think this puts me four and zero, or is it three and zero? One of the two. Four and zero. This this would be like well, I mean, like this is a special, so I don't know if it'll get a like a number, but okay. that would put okay. you four and zero. Yes. So, so this would be your Jake the Snake match at WrestleMania eight. Absolutely, absolutely. Actually, he debuted at seven, eight, nine, ten. He faced King Kong Bundy. This is my That's King right. Kong. That's this right. is my King Kong Bundy. So that other voice that you're hearing is Brandon Lapani of the Technology Geek Podcast and the Survivalist Podcast. Brandon, hello. Jesse, thank you for having me on the program today on National Podcast Day. Yes, international, international. Coming right off of National Coffee Day. Oh, awesome, awesome. So back to back. Like I need both of those. I need both of those in my life all the time. I just made myself an espresso, so I'm ready to really ready to podcast right now. <laughs> All right, I love podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> and the jitters start in. Uh, well, so yeah, we're coming tonight because it's uh, you know we're podcasters on a podcast network, and uh, today's International Podcast Day, so we're going to talk about Luke Cage. <laughs> Sweet Christmas, everybody! <laughs> Shouldn't we? I, I don't know. Yeah. Like, everything oh is gosh. happening today. Like a lot of releases happening today but i've only wait, seen wait, the first wait, we episode should, i got the first we, we episode should point out that that yes we should point out that unfortunately randy the our founder uh could not be with us tonight uh but uh he is here with us over watching this production oh yeah yeah he's here with us in spirit for sure this is 1984 and big brother is watching right <laughs> he is watching so so i'm a little nervous i'm not gonna lie um, <laughs> no, so you, you said you actually cracked the seal on that. You've I did. done one episode. One episode. Uh, my, uh, my son goes to school, preschool from 1210 to 310. Uh, it's about 20 minutes from me. So just enough time to get in one episode in between having to actually take him and then go back and get him from school today. So great vibe from the show. The music is spot on. So the acting's great. Um, I'm so intrigued. Uh, you know, I'm not, I know Luke Cage. I know Power Man. I know about, you know, Heroes for Hire, but I don't know a lot about the origin of Luke Cage, uh, the experiment, what you have. So I'm very excited for this show. Cool. Brandon, have you had a chance to crack the seal on this show? I, I got off an airplane like three and a half hours ago. 
So oh, no. that's a, that's a big no, no. <laughs> <laughs> because depending on what airline you fly, you don't even get Wi-Fi. Well, well, considering as soon as they saw I had a Samsung phone, they're like, "Don't turn that on! Don't turn that on!" <laughs> a like, bomb, dude, a bomb. We're not gonna say it, but a bomb is on the plane. I'm like, dude, it's an S7. It's not a Galaxy Note. Okay, there's nothing to worry <laughs> dude, about. You had to set that record straight a few times, I'm sure. Now, and that's when you say, now the app that I have on this phone, you should worry about, but the phone itself is totally fine. But my phone is totally the bomb. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Uh, <laughs> can't say bomb on an airplane. <laughs> yeah, it's a, the Meet the Parents. Uh, bomb, 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 bomb. Bobbity, bobbity, bomb, bomb, bomb. <laughs> that's where I was going with it. I was hoping somebody was going to pick it up. <laughs> yes. Okay, so it being International Podcast Day, we've gotten off to a great start. We're already we have, we have. I feel like this is what? <laughs> we, we have <laughs> what not to say in a plane. We we have to talk about the elephant in the room, though. What's that? Is TNA going to have a show? Oh, you going to uh, buy them? We no, have to know. Yeah, let's, yeah, let's get this out of the way. Dustin, well, what's going on here? Um, is is WWE going to own everything? If you had to ask me my gut feeling, I don't believe TNA is going to procure the finances to go live on Sunday. Uh, an interesting scenario that I, I know I've talked to a few people last night in between uh, shots of fireball and getting chopped in the chest by Michael Elgin last night. I was, nice. uh, I was talking to a few people, and we all came to the conclusion. We think WWE would, would finance the Bound for Glory show as a send-off, much like they did the Nitro show um, as, right. the, as the company went out of business. You never know, though. TNA has been the most resilient company that defies logic uh, as far as how a business should be run. Uh, I do know that the debt far outweighs what the company's worth, and I, I think Billy Corgan's a fool to even think about purchasing it. If it was me, I would let the thing die, go bankrupt, and pick up the ashes. Uh, but I, I don't want to see WWE buy it just because particularly I hate to see guys have uh, one less place to work and make some money. But if uh, right. WWE does, the uh, network just became even more of a value. Uh, oh, no doubt. Think about all those early t uh, Wednesday night paper. I don't. I was in college. I didn't have pay per view. I never saw any of those, like the original TNA shows at the Asylum in, in Nashville. Um, you know, and, and they've had great runs in the company. Think about Kurt Angle and Samoa Joe. Their their first matches with each other. Uh, Sting. Yeah, the entire. And that's the great thing too. If, if yeah. One positive: if WWE were to buy the tape library. Uh, we can suddenly talk about where AJ Styles spent most of his career, where exactly. Steve was 16 years <laughs> between his WCW and WWE run. Uh, also, plus well, Noah Joe's been there. You got Bobby Roode in the company. Even CM Punk, if they ever meant fences with him, he spent some time in TNA in the early days. So there's a, there's a lot of pluses and, and negatives to both sides of it, but it, it wouldn't surprise me one way or the other. But my gut says this is the end. Yeah. Well, he's going to need a place to work after that UFC fight just came off of. Oh, my gosh. Did you can see his ear after that? Have you ever seen someone's ear so cauliflowered up after a fight? No, no I, I haven't. Oh. And let me tell you, he – and then, uh, Dana White actually said right after, he's like, I don't think you should have another fight in the UFC. <laughs> I'm like, wow, that's – he even said, he goes, yeah, I'm not we're, – we're looking at options right now. I'm like, well, that's that's not a good sign at all. Well, now here's right. the thing to think about with Punk. He, he's got a contract, I think, two more fights with UFC. Does UFC really – I mean, he's still a draw. I think people would still tune in. Not as many, but I think people would still tune into a second fight, and maybe you have that on uh, Fox 
Maybe you have that on one of the Fox fight nights or something like that to pop a rating. Uh, but do you really want to give punk up to like Bellator or let him oh. go anywhere else? You know I mean? So I, I, I do think punk will fight in the UFC again, but it might be, it's, it's going to be a considerable amount of time. Um, I know what I would do with him. I would, uh, I would put him as, I don't know if they're even doing this anymore, but I would make him one of the coaches of ultimate fighter. Well, and I've heard rumor, the, there was one thing being bandied about for a while, and I think it makes a lot of sense, Punk going to compete on Ultimate Fighter. Mm. So, you know, there's a lot of things. I think that, that would, I, well, I mean, they did that with Kimbo Slice, too. If you remember, mm-hmm. it was they, they hyped up all oh, the two, they hyped up the two main coaches, and then, oh, and Kimbo Slice. You know, I mean, they used him as a little extra draw for the. Sure. Uh, I mean, you know, I could see them doing that. Absolutely. No, it's, uh, it'll be an okay. interesting week uh, with wrestling, indeed. So, I'm reading well, it right now. Corgan's Corgan thinks Bound for Glory will happen. <laughs> that's a good headline. Uh, <laughs> was it? He's the guy from Smashing Pumpkins, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It'd be nice to see him go out like that. If they're gonna go out, they might as well go out on a high note. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Okay, so uh, International Podcast Day. Uh, so last year we kind of asked the question and I felt like maybe it would be a good way to open the show, <laughs> which we're already into uh, this year to just ask the question, you know, why, why, why podcasts, you know, like, you know, there's still radio out there. So why podcasts? And so what drew you into it in the first place? Whoever wants to jump on that. I think mine will be a little more abbreviated, but it really boils down to, in my niche area of professional wrestling um, discussion. I already did that every week with my friends on the phone. We would talk after Raw, SmackDown, pay-per-views. We'd spend a half hour breaking them down anyway, what we liked and didn't like. And it just was the natural progression for me. It's like, well, if I'm already going to do this, let's record it and see if anybody wants to listen to it and see if we can monetize that from a certain perspective or what we can do with it. But um, it also is a great creative outlet for me. I'm not in a particular line of work where I get a lot of uh, my soul fulfilled, so to speak. Uh, So having this as a creative outlet is really a big part of my life and I don't know what I would do without it now. So it's, it's something in one form or another I'll be doing. Uh, for the rest of my life, if it's if it's still a thing. Sure, Brandon. Well, I, I think mine is a little more. Um, I guess a little bit of a longer story. I'll, I'll, I'll you know shorten it down. Uh, you know, uh, it started out for me obviously with with radio. Uh, you know, started out at thirteen with ham radio, and uh, then started listening to the legends of uh, radio, coast to coast AM, Art Bell, Howard Stern, Opie and Anthony. Uh, went to college for computer technology, and started uh, worked at a very early satellite radio uh, company. Uh, really said there's no future there, so moved on to other things. Um, but to me, I always wanted to be an on-air guy, and unfortunately, those jobs are few and far between. And with uh, podcasting, you kind of get to be that on-air guy, uh, you know, in your own way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, maybe not on the scale of a satellite radio or an AM/FM radio, but uh, you know, you do get to uh, you get to be that guy, which is a lot of fun. So uh, that was really what it was for me, and big part of my life since I was a kid. And this is maybe not radio, but I guess the future of radio. I tend to think so. Uh, yeah, that's my story with it. You popped me hard when you mentioned Art Bell. I love that dude. I'm so into the paranormal uh, and all that, so I just absolutely eat up anything he does. 
Well, the funny, and I'll tell you a funny story about that since we're on, it is National Podcast Day. Um, now, uh, kids have gotten so accustomed to downloading the show. And uh, when I when he came, did his comeback, uh, I remember every morning when I was driving my daughter to school, I'd download the po- his show, which was available uh, streaming live, but then on podcast. And my daughter, well, we'd listen to it, some of that. Well, a couple of years ago, we were uh, taking... My parents were cleaning out their home that I've lived in most of my life, and I was finding some of my old cassette tapes of Art Bell because he was on so late at night that I couldn't stay up and listen to the whole show, so I'd record it on cassette. And my daughter's like, Daddy, what do you have cassette tapes for? Why don't you just download it? And I'm like, this is 1993 or 94. There's no internet yet. You can't download audio yet. Like, so it just shows you how the industry has changed. You know, Years ago, I was recording shows on... Now, you know, 10, 20 years later, we're, somebody's going to download this on their phone later tomorrow. You know what I mean? It's just really neat how the industry has changed. You're right. Right. When I, I talked about this a little bit last year when we did, uh, when we did the podcast special for the network, uh, which was just basically three of us at that time. And now the, the network has grown. So that, that also kind of shows you just how quickly podcasts can kind of catch on. Um, so I, I won't give the same answer that I gave last year, but uh, basically we had a class in high school that was, uh, it was a creative writing class and it was also like an, a media class, you know, because like in education, if you don't have the dollars, what do you do? You combine things. Uh, so, so half of the class was like creative writing, like poetry and stuff. And then the other half of the class was you had to put on like a video or a radio show or something. And so that's what I opted to do was to do the, the radio assignment. And we had to like put together like five, a five minute spot and it had to have like stings and transitions and ads and all that. And I really just enjoyed that uh, to the point where even though that was an assignment, my buddy uh, Ben Kruger and I, who, who is uh, the spearhead for Lost No Longer Productions, uh, we would do like radio shows just for fun. Like we basically took that assignment and we were continuing to do it just on our own, just for the heck of it. So this just seemed like a natural progression. Like when Randy uh, asked me to be on one of his early podcasts, he'd already had several podcast episodes under his belt, but I was like, yeah, I'd love to give that a try. And then it kind of harkens back to what Dustin said. You know, I talk about comic books all the time anyways, so why not do it in a venue where people might respond, where we might have a dialogue? And that just really appealed to me. I want to point out, too, that uh, one of the things that the Electronic Media Collective does is uh, Randy uh, has a very much he, – he doesn't interfere with – like a lot of networks, the, the per- person that's running the network has a lot of input in the, into the show. And, and Randy kind of lets us all do our own thing, but he also does a lot to help – help people kind of get their show out there and stuff like that. Uh, this network started, obviously, with just you guys. And then I jumped on board. And when I emailed Randy, I remember I said, you know, I want to join the network. And he was like, yeah, come on board. You know, um, it's very much a warm, welcoming of a podcast. And you want to get yourself on a network with a bunch of great people. Uh, definitely reach out to Randy because he's he definitely will be, you know. Yes. Yeah. Find him. On, he's all over the place too. Like you yeah. can find him uh, at Randall Sylvie on uh, on Twitter for sure, and then also uh, but at Grolix Podcast is kind of a the show that that we highlight a lot uh, between him and I. So you can get a hold of him 
pretty easily if you do a quick search for him. <laughs> well, uh, Jesse, I, if you don't mind, go ahead. Can I can I just jump into the the tech portion of podcast real quick for just a second? Yeah. Um, and, you know, podcasting really um, was a whole industry that got Apple pretty much started. You remember with the iPod? Um, that industry was really starting to take a, a podcast industry. Um, really. Uh, took on a life of its own once the iPhone came out. Uh, before the iPhone, you remember you had to download the podcast and get it on your Nano or get it on your iPod Classic. About being able to download the podcast directly to your phone, um, really or stream it, uh, really kind of invented a whole new industry out there. Uh, before that, if you remember, uh, you know, satellite radio was the big thing there for a while. That was really hurting. AM, FM radio, and then this came, podcasting kind of came along and kind of really, I don't want to say hurt radio, but it really did because now people can get anything they want on demand because of the iPhone or the Android. Yeah. One, one thing I was going to say, Jesse, you brought up that struck a chord with me. I'd kind of forgotten about it. You know, sometimes when you listen to somebody talk and it triggers a memory in your brain, I remember having a, like, walk – uh, like the talk boy from home alone. And, oh yeah. And I would record songs off of MTV and then record myself as like a disc jockey, like saying that was, you know, no doubt with tragic kingdom or whatever you might have. Oh, you you're know? a VJ. Yeah. So like, well, and it would just, and I would, I would say I was a DJ and I remember playing it for my friends and I was probably like 11 and playing it for my friends and be like, yeah, I, uh, lying to them and tell because my dad lived in Des Moines I lived with my mom down in southern Iowa and so I would lie to my uh like my the kids on my dad's block in Des Moines that I was on the radio and this oh. was the show. <laughs> like I would play it back for him and I mean just thinking about like I always was uh, drawn to the idea of talking for a living anyway um and to an extent I think that's you know I, I've been successful in food service customer service that realm because I love talking um, and like uh, podcasting, I think is a natural fit for me. Awesome. Yo, and, and Brandon, you were talking about the tech side of thing. So uh, like pig, piggybacking on both of those, you're like, now that we're, now that we are podcasters, you're like, now that we're living the dream, uh, what, what do you, what are the po podcasting aspects that you like the most? And then there's gotta be some that you don't love as much. What what are the what are the best and worst things about podcasting? Well, I, I think the the best things about it is it has opened up. You know, I mean, let's be about the three of us sitting here probably won't get a job at Sirius. Right. Um, you know. You know. Man, you man, know, this is a rough I know, day. I shouldn't say, I shouldn't say that because I had a job, um, but I wasn't on the you know I wasn't on the air. I was the the whipping boy for the tech stuff. Um, I say you just burst my bubble, but, man. Uh, yeah, I know. Um, you know, the odds <laughs> of chance of us all be, uh, being on-air personalities, uh, you know, there's very slim of that happening. Those jobs are few and far between. Um, but, you know, in this case with podcasting, you know, it, it opened up that guys like you and I can can do this. And, and you know, it, it's that that's a great thing about it. If You know, what are the odds that we'd be able to get be, do something like this on satellite or be able to do something like this on an AM or FM station? It wouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. You know, right. this gives us the, the platform to be able to to do that. And I think Google, with the addition of Hangouts, which is what we're using to record this show, 
everybody having broadband in their home has has really been great uh, that people can do this and and people like Dustin, like you said, he can, you know, this is a creative thing for him. He wouldn't know what he did if he didn't do this. And, you know, you have to think about what would you be doing right now if you weren't sitting here? You, you know, it's kind of. I, well, I'd, be watching, I'd be watching Luke Cage. I will tell you that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm not going to lie. That's true. Yeah. But, but, what, but the, the, other, the only bad thing that is about podcasting, though, and, and I see it a lot, and I'm sure you guys see it too, is when at first, well, I guess I was in really early, so I'm not sure who, you know, but when you got in really early, it was a lot of, um, now, it still is a lot of fun, but uh, now a lot of people have created whole industries on it. Uh, Jesse and I have talked about this many times. When you listen to the Stone Cold Steve Austin podcast, oh, yeah. there are so many advertisements on it. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. you know, and it's it's well, you can crazy. pretty much skip. Like so I think the, Jericho too, you can just skip uh, the first twenty minutes. Typically, uh, it's usually just loaded with uh, with advertisements. Oh yeah, yeah. Kind of bad thing that has happened um, is 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 uh, people have used it for. And I understand, you know, people have to make a living. I have no problem. Hey, hey, if I can make a living just doing this an hour a day, I would too. But. Um, you know, the problem is people eventually at some point at the beginning, there was hardly any shows with ads because it was basically just for fun. But then people realized, Hey, we can turn this into a business. And now the bad part is you have, um, now we're at, I don't want to say we're at the bottom because that's not the right word, but we're, you know, we're, we're, you know, it, when, when it first started podcasting shows like this could be the number one show. But then once you started adding in the Corollas of the world and, and the, the Leo Laportes and the Stone Cold Steve Austins. Uh, it made it a little bit harder for guys like us to kind of get to the top of the charts. Uh, it still can be done, but it's a little more challenging when we don't have that built-in audience like those guys do. So, and I and I think that's uh, kind for, of the bad part about it. For me, ahead, I have I see an opposite effect sometimes because I talk to people who listen to my shows, and they appreciate the lack of ads and just the the real. Uh, that we bring to our show and they say that they don't you know they prefer that over some of these very like rehearsed very ad driven programming uh, they like to listen to an hour and a half of talk as opposed to an hour and a half show that's maybe more or less you know 55 60 minutes of content so you know I think it just depends on the the taste of the listener and what they like but I you know I think that's why there's a niche obviously for me uh, in my my realm out there because I think there's fans that don't want to listen to all the, uh, the extra stuff I, I, I want to just kind of piggyback uh, that for just a second because uh, like talking about what Brandon just said and talking about what you just said, in the traditional radio model, you would have basically a broadcast range. And so like for what you're doing with the uh, Iowa Pro Wrestling Pod, you know, podcasting for Iowa, uh, do you think that that helps you or, or would it be nicer to uh, – does it help you to have a global audience or would it be nicer to have a more localized broadcast area? Well, uh, for me, the uh, obviously, uh, for people who listen to the, my show, they know the, the kind of history. But I, I didn't actually start Pro Wrestling Iowa. Um, right. Brad LaFratt did. And that's why my when I kind of took things over, I tried to make sure we started adding uh, WWE programming post shows, uh, like specials about the WWE programming. Uh, so that way we weren't exclusively just covering local professional wrestling. But I feel like um, also here locally, my role is as an ambassador to the scene. Um, without getting too crazy into specifics, I've been granted access in the last six months that I never thought I would have to the local companies here, Impact Pro Wrestling, 3XW. I just managed 
uh, a week ago at a show. Yeah. <laughs> I got yeah. to be a manager. We were I mean, just talking about that, that on Grawlix. We were, we were looking at the photos, and there's some incredible photos for that event. Yeah. No, I think it, I, it was a blast. But, I mean, without this podcast, I wouldn't be getting to do any of this. Um, you know, I just did a live post show from the Impact Pro Wrestling Show with Michael Elgin. I got chopped. I, I mean, I, I, I got chopped by Michael Elgin last night. I mean, these are things that I didn't would never get to do if I hadn't joined this podcast. And so I, I, I see it from everywhere. We, we get followers from all over the world, all over the country. It just depends on what they catch of ours. You know, the local people know they're going to get local professional wrestling coverage on the Pro Wrestling Iowa podcast. Uh, they also know that, I, you know, I'm going to do preview and post shows for those now. And I think there's people that only listen to our WWE content. So I, I feel like we're trying to lay the table for a little bit of uh, something for everyone. But I do have ideas and thoughts about, you know, future rebranding and how I might uh, alleviate the localization of the show. But I can still keep it uh, very much grounded in like the Midwest scene at least. But that's years away as I, I try to build my empire, so to speak. So back to the back to the question: What do you what do you think are the best and worst things about podcasting right now? Oh, me for you. Um, personally, um, sometimes for my show, it's it's hard to if there isn't a it's a slow news week in professional wrestling uh, that can cause us some issues. Uh, but I, I'm I'm pretty neutral on it. I don't have anything that I hate about the the process. I don't really edit my shows too hard because it's such a just discussion format. There's not, uh, I've not had any complaints from anybody that listens since we went from editing heavily to not editing. Um, and it's easier to get these things up in a timely fashion after the show. I mean, I pride myself on usually having our post shows up within an hour and a half after a show ends. Um, it, it, for positive, it's just really creatively, it's an outlet. And that's to me, I think if you're doing this and not having fun, I don't, I don't know what the, what the point is. Right, right. Well, you're also looking at it from a standpoint where you don't have to monetize it either. Mm-hmm. Not yet. Um, you know, some, you know, that, well, yeah, right. Some places have to edit yeah. in and, and, you know, because they, they have to produce a profit at the end of the day. Right, right. Um, a little bit, little bit different. But uh, I, I do agree with, with you that it, it is nice to hit that global audience. Um. Because, you know, F, like radio, regular radio is so localized. And that was the, one of the reasons why Howard Stern left regular radio and went to satellite. Because anybody that bought a radio could listen to him. It expanded his, you know, his horizons. And that's the same thing with this. You know, you could hit a global audience where if you were on regular FM radio, you'd only hit, what, radio. So um, yeah. I think you're, you're, you're on to that. With, you're able to hit a bigger audience. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Well, and I think for in my, it, it really does boil down to the the niche I'm in. It's easy to uh, to draw in. I mean, you with Twitter and being able to hashtag things and ride the coattails of other events, and you know, be, when you distribute your show on Twitter, if it's a Thursday night, I'm hashtagging Impact Wrestling. I'm tagging that. You know, just the things you can do like that in this niche world of professional wrestling, I think benefit. And I mean, I'm sure you guys see that with Grolix as well uh, in the comic book realm. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, like, um, I don't know, uh, like today, you know, Luke Cage being released today, that's a huge thing that we can kind of capitalize on. And, and that'll be a focus of our, what's that? Jesse, you've got, got a, a huge echo. Oh, is it? 
somebody have uh, a speaker on or anything? It's, I'm not hearing it. Okay. Well, hopefully uh, YouTube's on. not hearing it then. Sorry about that. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, that's okay. Um, you know, like Luke Cage uh, being released, it uh, it's a huge opportunity both for us to hashtag that and also as content for the show. I mean, we might have a plan for the upcoming episode, but if something's going on, then yeah, we want to go ahead and tap into that because, uh, you know, social media and SEO opportunities are there. So why wouldn't we latch onto it? Mm -hmm. Um, as far as like what were my favorite like best and worsts of podcasting, uh, I I really like the interaction. I really like the uh, crafting. Like I like designing a show like right up to and including the release. But I don't like the audio production as much. Like if something goes wrong. I don't mind problem solving that, but I don't know how to do it very well. So it's kind of frustrating because I have a lot of trial and error on that end. And, I, you know, like, so that's where having Randy on the network to produce things is, is really nice because he can, uh, he can take a look at these things and, and he can kind of just see it. Whereas I'm like, what's going on here? Why do I sound like I'm in a cave? Why do I have an echo? That's, that's where it's like, He's indispensable to me, for sure. He's a great resource. For me, I, I've been teaching myself all of this on the fly. I, you know, I, I knew how to utilize social media, and that's about as far as my experience in creating content, producing, editing, anything started. And it's uh, been a journey. I remember the first time I was putting one of our shows together after Brad turned it, like had, had quit. It took me four or five hours of just to torture trying to get it right. Um, and I personally, for the amount of shows we do, I, I think if I just did the one show each week, I'd probably focus a little bit more on fine tuning, audio editing. I basically, my goal when I do my shows to get them up in a timely manner, following an event and then ensure that it sounds good in headphones. That's my key first. And then I just test it without the headphones. And if it doesn't sound awful, we're good to go. Sure. Sure. Well, you're also dealing with information that's time sensitive as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, and especially uh, like, yeah, I prefer to record in person with, with people, but it doesn't work, you know, especially having Darnell on the show in New York. Um, but I, I'm looking at ways, I, you know, every day I try to read a little bit more about like what I can do with audacity, which is what I use. And, um, and just other programs and I'm looking at new mics, things like that. I, I hope to be able to procure a couple microphones to send out to Darnell and one to, one to Kevin uh, to clear up our audio issues here uh, in a few months. But uh, for now, without really worrying about making money on the show, um, it's not a top priority. But as I move forward into the future, I really want to try to attempt to monetize the site. In you know, Because as people know, I, it's not just a podcast. We have an entire website with writers now and things like that. So there's a, it's all coming. Uh, it's, 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 it was an adventure I didn't plan on taking as much as I have. Uh, but. There's some uh, good courses on like Udemy, Udemy.com uh, for like utilizing um, – audacity because that's what i use as well i'm not sure what uh what randy uses and i don't know what i don't know what brandon uses i would assume GarageBand. is that fair to yeah, say or yeah we basically use max for all our product just i mean just i don't, I don't know if, if dustin knows or not but one of the things I, I own a company that we basically focus on cloud and development and content creation website development stuff like that so um i do have availability to 
quite a bit of stuff. So, um, but I mostly use we mostly use Macs for the audio stuff because you just can't beat a beat a Mac for audio at times. But if you're interested in Audacity, there are tons of tutorials and stuff on YouTube. Mm -hmm. There actually is a if you go to Audacity's YouTube uh, page, somebody and my somebody actually spent the time and there is a step by step guide on. They're like maybe 30 minute videos. So there's a whole thing on there if you're interested. Um, I think they've got like like 20 hours of training. So oh, it's wow. Yeah, it's it's pretty intense. Um, well, that's cheaper actually, than Udemy yeah. then. <laughs> maybe, maybe check YouTube first because I, I bought <laughs> Udemy course and that's uh, maybe a little more expensive. You you, Udemy, Udemy may be laid out maybe a little better. I mean, it's a course rather than a you know video step-by-step, -step, but uh, they do have a lot of good step-by-step -step videos. Um, I'm not an Audacity expert. I, I really know GarageBand really well, but I've had, you know, you, I'm, I'm sure, you know, you could probably sit and watch the videos and, and, you know, get it down pretty quick. I'm a pretty quick learner. So that, that's another thing too that I think we should bring up on, on podcast day because Dustin, you cover a lot of the wrestling news, but I, I do a lot of the tech news stuff. And the, what's interesting about that is, uh, you as well as I, a lot of our podcasts can't be recorded in advance. Um, you know, I know Jesse and Randy record like almost a week ahead of time, Grolix a lot of times, and uh, a couple of my friends, they record three, four episodes at a time. Uh, you and I, we really can't record stuff in advance. No, um, and it's it, it can be a big, like if I have to, like we record the, the main show on Wednesday nights to air, uh, to, to go up on Thursday morning. And there have been times where I've had timing issues we've had to record on Tuesday. And, of course, something big happens. Like uh, a couple weeks back is my birthday week. Um, my birthday fell on a Wednesday, so I wanted to record on a Tuesday. And uh, Alberto Del Rio and Paige got suspended on Wednesday, and that was not part of our show on Thursday. And it was sort of embarrassing. Oh, and you're a huge Paige fan, too, so... Yes. People yes. were probably like looking for your reaction to that. <laughs> oh, we've given plenty of reaction uh, since then. <laughs> well, what, what I, the only thing that, that I do that sometimes I, I get annoyed with is, and I've seen it as well, not only with, with technology, but uh, with, with wrestling. Um, you know, you, you see all these people all the time that they do like, you know, podcasts live from events mm -hmm. and that's all well and good. But like, I mean, I can't picture myself or Dustin having the, the time or the financing, you know, to be able to fly to do a, you know, a show live from an event. You know what I mean? Right. right. Well, and that's where uh, I've actually, I mean, just last night I did my first live uh, Periscope stream um, from Impact Pro Wrestling's uh, show. Uh, and it was an adventure. It, it didn't turn out the greatest. Um, I learned a few lessons last night and what I want to do moving forward. Uh, but I'm trying to branch out into that video realm a little bit with it. And I think I'm in a unique position to be able to create content in my backyard, essentially, and with in the professional wrestling world. And uh, I've got a pretty good relationship with Troy Peterson, the owner at Impact Pro Wrestling. Um, and I've got a good relationship, uh, for the most part, with the guys over at 3XW as well um, when they come back around and start running shows here. But it, that's the kind of thing I will do uh, locally. And even when I go to Mania every year, Darnell goes with me, and we're planning on doing some cool stuff down there when we're in Orlando this year. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah because like I, I was watching like all this week, the U YouTube has been loaded with people doing podcasts from Microsoft Ignite. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know, as much as I'd like to do that, I don't know if I have the two grand to shill out to go to Ignite, you know? 
Well, it's just like, uh, I'm a, for me, what I, my model of what I want to do with pro wrestling Iowa or whatever it becomes is from the collider movie crew. Um, on, I saw them on YouTube and then they were originally with AMC movie news and then they became, they merged with collider and all that. And I, I love their shows, uh, from live from the floor at Comic-Con. Like uh, I, I sat in my living room and watched YouTube all week long, uh, everything they put out. But yeah, it's, it'd be great to get to a point where I could, uh, I could professionally produce content like live from like a WWE pay-per-view someday, but it's a pipe dream. <laughs> so since we're talking about, let's talk about podcasting and, and this is Jesse's show and he should be asking the questions, but <laughs> what do you, you said guys it, think? I didn't. You've hijacked the show, Brandon. What do you, I've always been, and you can ask Jesse too. I've always been a pretty strong interviewer. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, what do you guys think, audio podcast or video podcasting? I think once it's video, it's a video. It's not even a podcast at that point. Mm -hmm. But that's just, I mean, that's my opinion on it. I, I, I do appreciate a, the term vlog. I, I do think that's yeah. the way to go. Um, I think the one thing I think that I'm, I need to utilize more is I probably need to, for Pro Wrestling Iowa, I should have created a YouTube page and I should post my shows there in audio format with the logo on the screen. I mean, there's, there's a, there's an area I'm completely missing out on, but I think it just kind of depends on what type of podcast you are. I think if you keep the mate, you, you have your regular shows doing video content is just even way to grab attention to people who may not always listen to a podcast, but maybe they'll watch your video, like what you do. And then maybe they'll listen to your podcast. Well, and I think is interesting too, is uh, Leo Laporte, the, the twit network, which is the largest uh, tech uh, network podcast network uh, he actually is he does video along with audio but what he said the interesting part is is about 75 percent of his listeners prefer audio only mm -hmm. so i mean imagine all that work he goes through to produce the video as well and like 25 percent a little uh, 30 percent are you know the only ones that are really watching it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well considering the like video podcast that i have seen it's basically just the a bunch of people sitting in front of a microphone. Well, it's I mean, the it's, not... it's the Howard Stern show. It's the it's yeah. Dan Patrick. It's all that you know. They they they're recording live on the air, but they're you. It, to me, it all it always boils down to just another way to try to monetize. Like, you know, if I had the ability and we were all in this, I had a studio that I did. I'd probably record the Pro Wrestling Iowa podcast and throw them on YouTube. Hey, well, sure. and, I, and and you point out a very. Uh, important part to that uh the channel nine show the e-show that howard stern did for the most part it was boring until something happened mm -hmm. you, you know what i mean mm -hmm. right absolutely so um you know since it's podcast day and uh we're talking about celebrating podcasts and kind of podcast awareness how do we get people to find these podcasts because like we kind of talked about how like Local radio, you know, you have a broadcast area. Podcasts are global, but we, so we could have like a whole world of people listening, but how do we get them to us? Like, what's, what do you think is the best way? Like, what are your experiences with trying to get people on board with podcasting? One thing, I guess, you know what? You asked me earlier what I hate about podcasting and, or the worst, sorry, for not hate, that's a strong word. What I just, I, I'm just, it makes me uncomfortable is the, the click, the click baiting, like I'm going to like your podcast. And so you'll send mine out and it's, it's tiring 
because I'm sure. already putting a lot of time. I mean, I have a full time job, and I'm already putting a lot of time into my own content. Um, and so I think it's a it's a balance. It's a little bit of a game you have to play um, on social media. Uh, scratch your back, I'll scratch your kind of thing. And that was to me like when Brad uh, got us into the MC Podcast Network. To me, that was a lot easier because then it's an easy group of people. I have us. I have all the shows in a in a list on Twitter. Uh, and so I can I can promote those shows and, and retweet them and not worry about like hashtagging Potter and family on everything. Um, you know, and one thing that personally drives me crazy, and I don't know how you guys feel about it, but when you look at a, a show's Twitter to follow, you know, follower to followee ratio, and it's it's the same, and it's just a bunch of other podcasts. And so, who's listening to that show then? Right. So I kind of pride myself on trying to organically build a fan base, but I already mentioned, you know, like hashtagging being raw. I'm lucky that I have three to five to sometimes 10 built in hours of wrestling fan attention on Twitter each week. Um, you know, hashtagging raw and SmackDown live and everything um, to the point where I know that the most, most of the people that follow my, uh, my family and friends don't follow me on Twitter anymore. Because uh, my entire my personal Twitter account is no more. It's like completely a a wrestling shill. Oh sure. Point. Well, and it's been said before, and I I, I think uh, it's one of the things that I appreciate most about the EMC network is that Randy actually listens to the show. Like you can tell in the way that he promotes them, he, mm -hmm. he'll he'll include a little snippet of what you said or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's and and that's actually pretty uncommon. You know, like it seems like a a lot of networks are just kind of a, a syndicate and they just, they just repeat, you know, like, they, Oh, you had an episode come out. Okay. You had an episode come out. Mm -hmm. So basically what you're saying is what they're saying. They're just right. repeating you. They're just parroting you. I would never fault Randy for not listening to my shows though. <laughs> like a non fan, <laughs> a non fan sitting through my shows, I think would be grueling. I'd feel bad. Like my mom doesn't even listen to my shows cause she's not into wrestling. <laughs> So. Well, I mean, like, even if he doesn't listen to the whole thing, he, he makes sure that he understands what's actually happening in the show sure. so that he can speak about it, at least knowledgeably. Yeah. No, well, like, Randy, Randy's been a bless. I mean, he made our theme song for our show, you know. And, oh, and, yeah. Uh, it's been, he's been great. Uh, it's been a great partnership, and I don't see any reason it ever ever stops. Well, and, and I should point out, too, when, when, it, when it used to be just me, Randy, and Jesse, it's a lot easier to listen to to an entire <laughs> oh, yeah. podcast when there's only what 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 do we have maybe i had what four shows you guys had one or two muscles like what six yeah, but, emc and, well, and then I mean, uh, fat boy and captain llama i mean like i think there yeah. were maybe four shows total on the yeah, network four at that shows, time. so i think everybody listens to everybody's show at that point um now the network has grown so much and it, it'd be hard for one person or even two people to listen to every single show, especially when you have somebody like you yourself, Dustin, uh, who puts out how many shows a week, and, and Grolix obviously being what three, four hours at at most. I mean, it's, it's a lot of con <laughs> it's a lot of con it's a it lot. It feels of like it feels like three, four hours. We try to keep it under two, but uh, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's hard for for any person to absorb that much content. Yeah, should right. I've put out three shows already, and and I guess yeah, Sunday night one. Tuesday night and one Thursday. So yeah, no, and it, it is, I, I found myself listening to less and less podcasts since I started doing this uh, simply because finding well, for one, I don't like listening to a lot of other wrestling podcasts now because I don't want someone else's opinion uh, 
spilling into my my mind, I guess, so to speak, about it. You know, after I record, I might then I might listen to back episodes of like pro wrestling, um, uh, or sorry, Figure Four Daily and the Wrestling Observer stuff and stuff like that. But I just don't want to accidentally start regurgitating somebody else's opinion because it's it's in my mind from listening to it earlier in the day or something like that. Oh sure. Oh, we run into that a lot with a podcast about comic books because we're you know we're in a hugely saturated field. It's easy to to listen to somebody and and start just parroting what they said. One thing that I really I, I really try to push, uh, and for the most part, I think I, you know I'll, I'll say shit or bitch occasionally on my show, but I try to keep I, I try to keep it fairly clean because I think I have to know my audience too, and there could be a twelve year old kid that gets hooked on it. You never know. I mean, like, I don't want to. I want to make sure it's inclusive. I don't want to exclude anybody. And I'm really, we're really good about trying to keep our topics to an area. Like, we were. Fun fact: we, I love the member berries episode of South Park a couple weeks ago, and I had this great idea. Are you? Did you guys familiar familiar with what that is? I I didn't catch it. No. Brandon. No, I I my, I'm sure my <laughs> wife watches it. She's a religious right. South Park watcher. Right. Real quick. Um, they're obviously spoofing on the election and they're want JJ uh, Abrams to rewrite the star spangled banner. So people stop protesting it <laughs> and they want him, <laughs> they want him to use his member berries that he used to revitalize star Trek or star star Wars. Oh my God. Star Wars. Uh, both. Um, yeah, exactly. Actually. Well, <laughs> but uh, so the member berries are literal uh, a bushel of blueberries who talk. And they're all, they all have mouths and they all are talking at once. And they're like, oh, remember, remember this, remember that? It's like, so ah. remember Ghostbusters? That was good. And like, they eventually one of them says, oh, like, remember Reagan? And then another one says, oh, remember when marriage was only between a man and a woman? And like, Randy Marsh is like, what the fuck is wrong with these berries? <laughs> anyway, long story short, I thought it would be really cool to do a member berries edition for professional wrestling. It got really dark and weird. And it was not oh. it was not our show. Like it didn't feel like it fit, and so we cut it out and didn't use it because I I pride it on being a positive place. I don't want to sit. There's too many sh- podcasts out there that are like you know, fuck this, fuck this show. Like this was awful. Blah 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 blah. I don't want to listen to somebody complain about something. I'd rather hear somebody constructively critique it. Right. And I think that's what, in my field, a lot of people are missing the boat on uh, with their podcasts is that they just get on and they air their grievances and take a step back and think about, like, if you want to have a podcast, you should be contributing to the genre that you're in. And this, and to me, I think that's, you're taking away and you're actually calling calling out and bringing light to the negatives or like how, you know, in professional wrestling, how fake it is, <laughs> if you want to throw that out there. Right. Right. I try to create an air of like, this is fun and it should be fun. That's why I always end my shows with peace, love and wrestling at the end. Cause it's like, I go to too many shows personally where I see fans get so upset and worked up and angry about like, if a finish doesn't go the way they want. It's, like, it's real to me. It's still real to me. <laughs> damn it. Um, so to me, that's, and I, I'm sure you guys are similar. Unfortunately, I, I, it's also real to that drunk guy behind me that just spilled right. my <laughs> spilled his drink on me. A couple, like I, I got a few house I got shows. A coke thrown on me at a house show once, like thrown on me on purpose by a guy because I was booing Triple H. Wait, wait, excuse uh, me, excuse yeah. me. Can, I want to point out, I had a drunk guy one time spill beer on me, but it was the Sandman. It was an ECW house show years ago. So that, that was like, yeah, that that was like you know that was like the highlight of my night. 
Yeah, <laughs> that was a badge of honor. Yeah, exactly. But you know, I gotta tell you one thing, man. Dustin, man, kudos to you for having that kind of time, man. I don't know if I could designate as much time as, as you have a week to <laughs> well, podcasting. I, I will admit that I've, I've after I stepped back and thought about it about a week or two ago, I've I've given up some social life for it, but it's worth it. I'm enjoying it. It's it's feeding the creative side of me that I don't have an outlet for. No, I mean, I, it's, it's, I mean, awesome for you. Um, you know, and you're, you know, myself, I have, you know, full-time business and I, I could travel a lot too for my business. So it's, I have a hard time chiseling out an hour, um, you know, a week for it, let alone, I mean, I love doing it, but it's tough to chisel out, uh, an hour a week, let alone four or five. That'd be, that'd be tough. Well, and then you also got to factor in watching a lot of these, like three hour pay-per-view, three hour raw, two hour SmackDown, watching it and, and, and taking notes on some of these shows, you know, like cruiserweight classic. That was easy. I was thankful. There was a product. I was thrilled to watch that hour and talk to Darnell about it each week, you know? And that's one thing with, with professional wrestling, there's always something that could happen that could create a reason for a brand new show. Um, or breaking audio, uh, you know. If TNA gets, uh, if tomorrow I wake up and TNA's gotten sold, uh, sold to the WWE, I'm calling Kevin and be like, "Dude, get on the, get on. We're, we're talking. We have to put something out." Yeah, you know, for us, it's like capitalize on. Everyone is going to be up this morning talking about it. So let's get something out into the universe and and see if we can pick up any followers from it. Well, you know, I, I do want to point out too, though, and about wrestling and and podcasting. Uh, you know, years ago there was only one show. You know, it's it's totally different than you know, you know nowadays with the network. Uh, if you remember, being a wrestling fan at one point was expensive, especially if you were buying every pay per view. Oh God, yeah. You know, oh, you yeah. think back uh, months that I, I never really bought WCW, and obviously I was younger at that point. But I'm thankful at least when I was an adult with money, there was only one company to buy, because <laughs> I would have been buying. You know, that's sixty bucks for WWE, sixty bucks for WCW. Bam, bam, like. I used to watch it through the little scramble. Remember when we were kids? It was scrambled. Oh, yeah. Yep, you could hear it. it through the, yeah, you could hear it, but you couldn't see it because it was all scrambled. Yep. That's the way I watched a lot of that's WWE pay per views. That's how I, this is the Montreal screw job. Think about how confusing that would be if you can't see it, but you <laughs> only hear it. I oh, remember no. sitting there just like, what is going on? I'm like 12 years old. Like, what, what's going on? What, what's happening? But uh, the, no, the uh, network's great. One of the pay-per-views that I actually paid for was uh, Goldberg versus Kevin Nash. Oh, shit. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, a little better than the next Nitro where uh, it was Kevin Nash versus Hogan. But, I mean, yes. yeah. That's, that, was, that, that to me, I, I think, is the moment they killed that company. I, I, that's, that'll always be yep. where I think the company died is the finger poke of doom. Yep, and I, and I paid for the pay-per-view right before that. <laughs> well, did you... Did you pay for the pay per view where DDP and I? Th- I want to say Goldberg, maybe uh, they went over and the show just ended like right as the entrances were happening. Oh, can, the can I? Can I, uh, can I? Can I jump on that for just a minute, yep. Dustin? Mm-hmm. I actually read Eric Bischoff's book uh, on a on a, one of the controversy sure. creates cash. Yeah, um, I was actually. I was actually. It probably was on an airplane or in 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 a rental car or taxi or something when I was reading it. But with the way I commute, I get a lot of reading time in. Um, but uh, what was interesting is that the next day, they decided to air the match uh, for free yeah. on Nitro, if you remember. Mm-hmm. That was the start of a lot of the financial problems for WCW right. because they had to pay refund. back. Yeah, they had to refund all those. Pay- and I think 
that was at that that was the point where Time Warner started saying, "Well, look at the money that this company is losing," mm-hmm. and that was kind of when that was Eric Bischoff said that was the first step in the undoing of WCW. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Well, it's interesting. Like, I guess I'll ask you, I want to ask you both as a fan, uh, do you prefer the landscape as it was in the nineties where there were three hot major viable companies or how do you feel about the current landscape where WWE is at the top, but then there are so many amazing companies, uh, many, 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 many rungs below. And I think for me as a fan, this era is this year in general has been an amazing year to be a professional wrestling fan. I'm I'm not gonna lie. I don't really watch it as much as I used to. I still watch it, but I'm not, I'm not diehard. I mean, I think part of that is my, is I'm getting older and not that I'm old, but um, I'm getting older with a family and obviously a a more than full-time business. I, Mm -hmm. I don't have the time to watch it is a huge time commitment to be a WWE fan right now. It's insane. Uh, ten, I mean, ran, ten hours a week. Yeah, I mean, Jesse and I, we, we tweet back and forth that, like, sometimes if there's a big match, like at a WrestleMania, you'll see Jesse and I tweeting back and forth. Or once in a while, you know, when there was a big thing with Sting or something, like that, we'll go back and forth. But I, I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I don't consider us really fans, Jesse. I think we're more, like – observers the the casual viewer that they're constantly searching for well yeah it's like i don't know i mean you hit those you hit those eras and i'm kind of of that attitude versus wcw era and i'm also of the 80s era you know like the hulkamania era so i'm kind of of those eras but like i do really enjoy right now the way that they have done the brand extension and i like it better this time around than I liked it the last couple times around because before it always felt like SmackDown is just the other show. Mm-hmm. Whereas this time around, I feel like SmackDown's the better show. And it so is. I'm I, I, like, I'm a SmackDown guy right now. If it wasn't for the new day, I don't know if I would watch raw right now. Uh, Jericho and, and uh, KO. Well, okay. Kevin Owens. Thing. Yeah. Kevin yeah. Owens is, is, a gem. And if, if Kevin Owens was on SmackDown, I wouldn't watch Raw at all. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I, um, I am surprised with the way WWE's been pushing guys about being in shape that they haven't said anything to Kevin Owens yet. Eh, he's so talented. I was going to say, he's so good at what he does. Oh, yeah. I'm not oh, I'm not taking anything away from his athleticism, by the way. Um, but there, well, I, think, I think he's a Triple H guy, too. So I think that helps. I think Triple H is def- I think this all is Triple H going to bat for him right now. I and think he's... If, if I had to imagine, I don't think Vince McMahon's plan would have been Kevin Owens, but I think Triple H went to bat. Well, and, and, and his and ability I'm, on the mic, his yeah. his mic skills, his stick skills are just like, whoa! This is a this is one of the epitome of heels. I mean, mm-hmm. like he's doing it as well as Triple H did. Well, mm-hmm. you know, and I think what's interesting is is we talk about the eras. I remember being a fan, you know, during the whole Hulk Hogan era and all that, and then I remember. I kind of got away from it for a little while, and then Shawn Michaels was really popular, and Razor Ramon, Kevin Nash, and I kind of got back into it. Then I faded away for a little bit, and then I started watching it when the NWO hit, and then I faded away a little bit. Then the Austin thing started. I got back into it again. Then I was away for a little bit. Then when I was following the indie circuit, and I really got intrigued by CM Punk, and then when Punk came to WWE, I really started diehard watching again. You know, and and then you know, I fit, you know now after he's gone, I was watching for a little bit, but the, I felt like it was kind of getting, you know, kind of stale again. But now it's starting to pick up again. I agree. Well, and I think the 
and I guess I don't want to harp too much on wrestling here and turn this last half hour into the wrestling show, but there's so much talent out there right now. And with the internet, so many companies are able to have a national global audience pro wrestling gorilla selling their DVDs. They refuse to leave Reseda. Uh, they can only fit like 200 fans in the building, but I guarantee you more than like 10,000 fans are watching that product. Well, if you remember, uh, ROH was that way for, for yeah. the longest time. That's the only way ROH made money was selling yeah. DVDs. The internet pay-per-view has changed the game completely. I mean, it's uh, the New Japan world uh, has given Americans access to New Japan like never before. Uh, I, I subscribe to New Japan world, and it's the best. It's, it's almost as it's, – it's probably equally as good as WWE Network for me because I can see all these amazing shows, plus their relationship with CMLL and Ring of Honor. A lot of their shows end up on New Japan World. Plus, now you also have the Fight app where you can see the Ring of Honor TV show, uh, Paragon Pro Wrestling, uh, NWA from Hollywood. There's a lot of other companies. Evolve uh, is on the Fight app. So there's so many ways for fans to consume content now. To be a hardcore wrestling fan, you're committing 20 to 25 hours a week to professional wrestling. At well, this back, well, back then I was a kid, the only way you got to see ECW is if, if you had tape, tape traders. Yep. You know, my buddy, would, would I'd mail him a VHS, and he would mail me something back, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. I miss. I, I sort of miss the. It's like I romanticize the days of having to struggle to find, like getting Pro Wrestling Illustrated and looking through it. And be like, who are these guys? I don't know this name. I need to see this guy. Who's the Sandman? You know, things like that. It, it's today the you just go on YouTube and Marty Scurll. All right, I can watch twenty five Marty Scurll matches now on YouTube. Well, well, I remember being at being younger, and I'll never forget this. This is a kind of a funny story, and I think Dustin appreciate this, especially since you have a young son. Uh, I have a I have an eight year old daughter, but um, my dad the the I was always I loved ECW as a kid, and I was always getting the pay per views, and my dad would let me get them because they were so much cheaper than WWE. And we live in Pennsylvania. The bingo hall was only maybe an hour or so away from here. My dad's like, we really like this stuff, you know. I'll I'll take you to a show, you know, trying to be a good father. Oh my god, he, uh, <laughs> he said. He goes, Wait, how, yeah. how old were you again? Oh, I was maybe. Maybe young, 12, 13, 14. Oh, so dear Lord. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, and my dad's, you have to know my dad, he's not really into that kind of stuff either. And he was like, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, Francine comes out with, uh, you know, and, all, and my dad's like, he just looks at me, goes, what the heck did I bring you to? And I'm like, yeah, we stayed, and, you know, I mean, he was good humored. I was, you know, it was it was fun, but the funny part about it was, is my dad, when how we many got there, bombs got dropped during that show? A lot. Um, <laughs> Here's the funny part. Um, here, this is the funny part of it. Uh, my, my my friend of ours that came with us, my dad didn't know what was going on because my, my buddy said, well, they give you a dollar off your ticket if you bring a weapon. And my dad looks like, what are you talking about? And my buddy bought one of those old IBM key, keyboards with the keycaps on it. And all of a sudden, I just remember as a kid, the uh, Sandman or I think it might have been Raven hit somebody with it and all the keycaps go flying back in the day of, you know, this is early 90s, so computers were still yeah. Made of you know, pretty built pretty solid back then. Jeez, yeah, that's I, a great uh, memory. I saw there was a uh, a show here locally. Impact Pro Wrestling did a fans bring the weapons match back on August twentieth, and somebody uh, there was a used laptop that got used, um, oh. a box of cornflakes. There was some crazy crazy shit in that match, but the, no, the, the ECW was. Uh, amazing promotion. I can't imagine uh, being a father or taking my son there at 12. <laughs> well, and you have to remember too, we're in Pennsylvania. So for us, it was like a local promotion. Sure. Sure. Oh yeah. Gosh. I went to one ECW show. They uh, ran here in Des Moines and that was it. Um, 
but man, yeah, great memories. I had one other great memory at a show. My uh, my my dad. I was I was maybe right out of high school, maybe maybe eighteen, nineteen, and uh, my dad decided he was him and my him, my mom, and my cousin, who was real small at the time, were going to take us to see one of TNA's house shows back when they were running house shows. No, no lie. AJ Styles is wrestling. I think it was Chris Saban. Chris Saban runs at AJ. AJ, I guess, is like drops down. I guess they botch it. Chris Saban goes over the railing and literally like lands on my dad. Oh wow! <laughs> and I remember, and all I remember, my dad. All all I hear is my dad. All my dad. All I hear is my dad yelling at Chris Saban. Get off! This chair is not going to hold both of us. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. That's awesome. Spoken like a true dad. I took Connor to his first WWE event. I took him to NXT, uh, ran a house show. It was headlined by Bobby Roode and Samoa Joe versus Shinsuke Nakamura and No Way Jose. What a first show, right? Um, Yeah. (laughs) So we were in the second row, but the people in the seats in the first row in front of us never showed up, so we moved up to the first row in the the second match. Oh, Um, so he, we awesome. were front row for this NXT show. Yeah, awesome. So many uh, cool moments for him. Uh, Austin Aries walked by, and he was healing it up real good, but then saw my son and, like, went, oh, hey, buddy, and went for a high five and then gave the old hand behind the hair and, like, walked away oh. from my son. <laughs> and I, my son's oh. four. He's four. This is his first show. He actually likes Austin Aries. He, my son's my kid because he likes the heels. He's a huge Darth Vader fan. He loves. He's going as Kylo Ren for Halloween this year. So – Awesome. Uh, but he, I, I thought he was going to cry. I was so concerned for a second. I was like to be like, fucking Austin Aries, you just ruined this night because now I'm going to have to leave because my kid is going to ball. Oh, sure. Luckily, Connor ate it up, was okay, uh, and then he got No Way Jose's shirt uh, during the main event. So it was an awesome first show for him. But I don't even remember. My oh, first man. show, I think, was I was up in the cheap seats, and I saw like Hogan versus Slaughter in a cage. You oh, know, my God. Thing is- the thing is, for me, I got to tell you, one thing that really kind of stunk for me, though, growing up, was um, my, my dad, uh, you know, was in the restaurant business growing up. And the funny part is, like, guys like Tito Santana and, and guys like that used to come into my dad's restaurant all the time to uh, to eat and stuff like that. And I remember being a kid getting to meet, like, the Iron Sheik, getting to meet, uh, you know, Tito, getting to meet all these these wrestlers at the time. Um and, and at, at times, we used to go to the garden and stuff and see that stuff. Uh, you know, you don't even hear – I mean, you hear about – you know, and back then that was really, you know, ah, you know. But nowadays there's so much of it. I think people are – that all like you said, the KFAB thing isn't there anymore. You know, when I was a kid, like, you know, seeing Cito Santana, it's like, wow, he's sitting here eating like right. – Wow, you know, but nowadays, you know, kayfabe being broken now, it's not Social like... Social media, I think, has changed yeah. professional wrestling because now as a fan, you have so much access to the real person. And it does take away the, the magic a little bit for it. But that's I, I, I talk a lot about, like, as an adult, my fandom has changed where now I, I don't watch it to, like, see a story play out, like, so much. I watch it to see the art behind the whole situation. Um, I'm, I'm watching for the technique and I'm watching for the right kind of booking and all that. My, I'm a total smark. I don't think about it from the perspective of being a, a mark about it anymore. And I think that's, I think that's where the cutoff happens is where somebody continues on as a child to an adult, as a fan, as if they can, uh, they can wrap, you know, and I'm not saying this about either of you guys, but just like wrap their brain around it, being a complete work and accepting that and like loving it for what it is. 
but but the other thing though that I think is is really changed in wrestling is incredibly and you could agree with me or no, no it doesn't matter but yeah. um I, you don't get great announcing anymore like it was no there isn't um Corey Graves yeah. and Mauro Ronaldo are the two guys uh, and, and I don't know if you watch Cruiserweight Classic but Daniel Bryan and Mauro Ronaldo were great during that um they're too overproduced. Uh, Vince McMahon's in their ear the whole time. Uh, JBL is the voice of Vince McMahon. If you listen to everything that comes out of JBL's mouth and just picture, ah, goddamn pal, <laughs> like it's Vince McMahon. Yeah, but yeah, but 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 I'll give you a friend's name. My buddy, and the reason why I brought this up, Dustin, is because my buddy and I were just joking about this. We were, it was a long day at the office, and we we were just joking around. So that, and my and I I think I ran into a into a table or something like that. We were joking around, and my buddy's like, "Oh, down that lower lumbar region, that bread basket, you know, like you know, like you know, grill them on no, seared." That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. And then I was like, I was like, "Yeah, I just did it right in front of this capacity crowd here, you know, like you know." And then we we're solar, joking. Solar plexus. Yeah, you know, and then you were joking like, "Oh, what a maneuver!" You know, like, you know, was, you, know you don't a slobber knocker. Yeah, there are so many. There are so many fun stories. I like as a as a hardcore and growing up and and being continue to be as hardcore. I have learned so many fun stories about behind the scenes stuff, but also going to WrestleMania every year for the past five years. I've been privy to some after hours partying with some former wrestlers and I've got it's like I've seen Marty Jannetty drunkenly weighed in a hotel fountain um I've seen Marty Jannetty uh almost get arrested uh a lot of things I mean I, I won't throw a ton of people under the bus but there's so much fun out there uh, it's like its own little fantasy camp when you go to these things but it's when the when the lights go out and the fans are still around and the drinks come out most of these people don't care <laughs> it's so wild well you're, you're a broadcast journalist mm-hmm I am. I am. I, I'm not quite where I want to be, though. So I'm gonna. I'm not gonna start burning bridges yet. <laughs> yeah, we should. Some of the best lines I think were Bobby Heenan when he was. I never forget. Like as a kid, I remember asking my dad because like Bobby Heenan. I think it was like Sherry Martell or something like that jumped in or something. Like that. And uh, and and Heenan's like, what is she doing there? She's not licensed by the National or State Wrestling Commission. And I remember <laughs> saying to my dad, is there a real like? Cause this is back when I was a kid, you know. And is there a real wrestling commission? Like you know. And then some, you remember, you know, commissioner actually still commission professional wrestling. Their athletic commissions. Some states still have WWE, WWE oh, have their guys like. I know Nebraska has like a sports commission and uh, like my brother does amateur uh, MMA fights and it's, it's a thing, you know, like they, they say what you can and can't do and, and the timeline for, can you have this match or not? And yeah, there are certain States where the and, and WWE obviously being PG now, nobody blades anyway, but there were States where they, there's serious no blading laws. Like there, there was no blood. Like for Pens- professional wrestling, Pennsylvania is like that. It's certain now it is. It wasn't like that years ago, but now they you don't get any blading at house shows anymore. They're not right. Alive. No, and I and I think that's for the best. I, I think anybody, if if the if the blood was what you wanted, just then you've wa- you've started watching MMA instead. <laughs> you know, <at> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, no doubt. So, uh, but no, I mean, yeah. I, well- but when you look at guys like Dusty Rose, rest his soul, or uh, Ric Flair, I mean, those guys, you could tell from the scars in the head, they were blading a lot. Oh, my gosh. Dusty's oh, yeah. forehead was awful. Just, I couldn't, it's, it's hard, it was hamburger meat. It was hard to look at uh, towards the end uh, towards the end of his life there. But, yeah, bless his heart. The Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic is starting up again. And I just saw, I haven't watched NXT this week, 
that I saw over the weekend that um, Kota Ibushi and Hideo Itami are one of the teams uh, in the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic this year. So that wets my whistle pretty well. Um, r- real quick, kind of, kind of try to pull it back on track a little bit. But I mean, <laughs> still, still, you know, like it's still, it's still going to apply to professional wrestling. But Randy's uh, eyes right now are probably so I, glazed I say, over. Like, oh my God, the last half hour, Keeper, come on. Um, <laughs> hey, at least at Randy, at least we waited till the last half hour. Yeah, yeah, uh, we together. we've done pretty well, I think. Well, actually, there's no time limit on this, you know. Because this well, is Hangouts. Right, right. It's only it, – actually, no, there is a limit. I think it's like 10 hours. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, so, like, Dustin, you kind of mentioned, like, a second show. And I think that that's a thing that podcasters tend to run into a lot. Like, we're always, we're always looking at what's our next show, you know, <laughs> whether it's uh, our next show on the show we're currently running, like our next episode, or what's the next show. So let's just – Let's just daydream. If time was not an issue, uh, you you had kind of you and Randy had kind of gone back and forth about a D and D show, like jokingly. But yeah. if you, if time were no issue, what would be your your next show, or would you just expand what you have? Um, well, I am. Exp- there's a few things I'm expanding. I actually can announce. Uh, I'll announce this on here. Oh, uh, exclusive, ladies and gentlemen. Exclusive. Um, myself and Brady Desire, the voice of Three X Wrestling are working on starting a podcast together next month. Uh, it'll be a bi-weekly show. Uh, it will be a little less wrestling formatted, but I'm still tied to wrestling since Brady's involved in the business. Uh, I guess technically I am now since I've managed him. Um, yeah. But uh, uh, it'll just be current events. Get Brady's perspective and character. Uh, he'll, be, he'll, he'll be doing that as Brady desires as opposed to his, uh, his uh, actual shoot name. Uh, but... We're looking forward to that, but for me, if I could pick anything uh, to do a show about uh, right now, I would do an eight-part series about every episode of Stranger Things. Like I oh. want, I want to sit and rewatch every episode, and then immediately record a podcast after each episode, breaking down said episode because that was the greatest show that I've ever seen. So, so much fun. So I have a question: If you're managing now, like, did you walk down to the ring with like a tennis racket? Well, okay. Uh, so I haven't told this story either because I don't. I didn't want to completely break kayfabe about it on my show. And that's one thing I do try to keep. Ironically enough, like I'll talk about WWE and and be insiderish and everything. Uh, but when I do talk about the local companies, I try to con- uh, contribute to kayfabe as much as possible, as much as one can. Uh, so no, we were supposed to work heel, and I had so many things planned out of what I wanted to do. I showed up in a. I had a suit jacket on with a star Wars shirt. My whole idea was to have my phone out and be like tweeting live tweeting the show and like making fun of the baby face. Oh, and then you can throw in your cell phone in the ring like Paul Heyman did or Paulie dangerously. So I, I had all these things planned out and it didn't come to fruition like that because we got there and found out they switched things up and they wanted Brady to work baby. So I literally just got to be a glorified cheerleader. I did get involved in the finish, the heel, uh, hit a spear on Brady and for a close uh, two count, got pissed, went outside, grabbed the bell, jumped up, uh, got back in the ring, went to hit Brady with it. I hopped up on the apron and snatched the bell out of his hand and, and said, no, 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 not in my house. <laughs> and uh, pointed, pointed behind me, Brady hit the super kick, frog splash for the one, two, three. And it, it was a lot of fun. Uh, but it, it, I, I remember being, it, I had so many things planned. I hope there comes a point in time where I can actually unveil this character that I had created. Um, and I had like a, I was a douche. I was a, basically a millennial douchebag 
was what I was trying to be. So I had like my high top sneakers, um, a pair of like not I'm not a, I don't own a pair of skinny jeans, but I got the the, the skinniest pair of jeans I owned. Uh, wore a Star Wars shirt with uh, a suit jacket over it. it. Was yeah, I was gonna tweet live tweet the match and make fun of the guy. Even try to take a Snapchat and send it like while Brady was had him in the ropes, but we didn't get to do any of that stuff. But uh, I hope it happens again. I don't know, nothing's set in stone, but I'd love to do it again. Brandon, you already have a second show, which. But what would you do if you if time were no object? Well, I and I think I do have a second show, but unfortunately, I haven't been doing it uh, as much as I would like to, or even at all, because time has been such a tough thing. Sure. Uh, I I think me, you, and and Randy, I I would love us to get together and do another Nerd Night. Uh, we talked, we kicked around the idea about doing a, a show once a month called Nerd Night. I'm in. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, that would be fun. Yeah, that would be great. Um. Anytime you get Randy and I together to do a podcast, it, it's just it's 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 controlled chaos, but it's a lot. It makes for great radio and radio podcast. Um, that know. would be the show I'd actually want to do uh-huh. um, because I enjoy hanging out with you and Randy, and I think we we all have a good time. And Dustin, please, if you uh, if you at the time, believe me, we we can well, definitely. And I don't know together. if either of you. I don't know if either of you know this. Right before Brad had brought me on to Pro Wrestling Iowa, I had started. I got a, a a blogger account, and I was I had started reviewing movies, and I was going to start a podcast called the No Coast Nerd. Oh, nice! Yeah, I, like like, that. I was really into that idea. I still have the Twitter handle, the Facebook, and everything. So I mean, it's that's something down the road if I were to be able to. <laughs> it, some pipe dream somewhere where Protoss and Iowa can become my job. Uh, sure. I would start that on the side as well. Uh, that's to answer that, that question. Would be, I would actually would start. A, I would start a whole new brand if I. Could. I I'm, I'm still trying to get that nerd night thing off the ground yet, but I like your name better. But if you really <laughs> are thinking about it, one day, like once a month, we could get together and do that. I'm I'm definitely game for that. Yeah, I, I would love to do that. Awesome. There's so many things I don't have anybody to talk to about when it comes to I'm obsessed with comics and, and movies and, and, and uh, you know TV shows. Like, I mean, I'll probably stay up till 2 in the morning tonight watching Luke Cage, even though I have to work at 8. Like, I'm just oh. that – I want to see it that bad. Yeah. Let's um, – well, we can – we can have to show – eventually, when we were friends on Facebook and all, if you want to really seriously think about that, I've been looking to do a show um, with somebody. Uh, because most of the shows I do are solo shows, so I mean, if you're, yeah, no, I, mean, I definitely would be. I'd be like maybe like a once a month thing or something like. That. Yeah, no, absolutely, covering just yeah, covering everything. I'm down. I'm way down, Randy. If you're listening, so there you go. We just uh, we just put another show. We just, made, we just put, made another show for the network, uh, and that's something I want to bring up as as well, since we we're trying to get back on the topic, Jesse. We're trying. <laughs> um, Thank now, you. Now we were, and I want to. So I want to kind of piggyback something off of um, off of something that. Uh, that you had said, Dustin, uh, you loved Art Bell. I love a huge Art Bell fan. I don't think I would have gotten into ham radio or any type of radio uh, if it wasn't for Art Bell. He's, in my opinion, one of the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's unfortunate that he actually had to retire due to a health issue. Right. Uh, but the funny part is I downloaded a lot of his old shows, and I have yet to find a repeat one. I mean, you're looking at a guy who's been on the air for 46 years, five nights a week. Yeah. I mean, I'm listening right now to all his old shows, but um, it's a shame. But um, – he always did a show solo, and when he tried to bring in a co-host several times, his audience really was like, "No, no, no, this isn't right." Mm-hmm. Um, I know, like you guys, Grolix does, you know, a couple people. 
Uh, I know you have a co-host. Uh, I do most of my shows solo. Um, it makes sometimes a little more difficult. But um, <coughs> what what do you what do you think? Do you think a show that is solo is, you know? I think it's awkward uh, for me. To, oh, well, for well, me to do. I don't mean it's awkward thanks. to listen to. Sorry, I wanted to reiterate that. Like <laughs> I, I realized as it came out of my mouth, I was like, no, 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 not like awkward for you. For me, I did one. I my very first WWE post show was after Extreme Rules, and I did it by myself. And I really flourish with somebody to play off of, and I never wanted to do it alone again. I've done, like, a breaking audio news by myself, but that's, like, I write something out, and I'm just, like, reading. Like, yeah. this just happened. Bam. Like, this, you know, stay tuned. Come back on Thursday. We'll have more information as it becomes available, kind of stuff like that. But I, I, there's a few people, like, I guess it really, to me, depends on the person's skill level, their voice, and their knowledge. Like, if they, if it's, I would not listen to a startup podcast with one person. Um, well, I want I, well, somebody to do it by themselves. And I think, Brandon, your voice is radio tailor-made. I'm, I'm a little hoarse. I'm always, I sound like I'm in a, I'm in a cave just naturally. But you have a good voice, and that's why I think you can do, get away with that. Like it really boils down to the voice for me. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> I guess like what you say. You rendered him speechless for a moment. That was never, that's that, impressive. That never happens. Ed coming to you today hits 105.3, the music machine coming to you live. <laughs> um, no, you talked about that before. Um, and I, I do that radio voice all the time, joking around. Cause I, those old school disc jockeys were amazing. The way they would get the rev up time perfect on some of those songs. It, oh, that's yeah. like an art, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Dude, uh, uh, there's a guy, I'll shout him out. If you're in the metro area here, Des Moines, Clutch. He was on Laser 103.3. He's on KGGO now, 94.9, I believe. That's one guy that if I if I am in the car, if he's on the radio, I will listen to. He's probably one of the few people left on the radio that I will stick around and listen to that channel, even if a song comes on, just because I want to hear Clutch when he comes back. Let me let me tell you, man. I'm not a big oldies fan, but I if I hear cousin Brucey's voice on the radio, like it's just. I mean, that guy is such a living legend. Like, I mean, and just the way he handles himself on the air, you know, it's just like and the hits just keep on coming. Like, I mean, he just got it down, you know. Like, well, it's for, amazing for me. I think you know, and to go, I to to go back to my answer about the question about the voice and I think you brought up wrestling announcers and I think this goes for sports whether it be baseball or anything I mean there's a reason that Harry Carey was so popular because oh, of the yeah. voice the yep. voice just resonated with you and I I feel like shit because I can't remember his name but the voice of the Dodgers just just had his final uh, uh game um he's been there for 60 some years uh. I cannot think of his name right now, but um, and I'm also a Giants fan, so that's probably why. So uh, since this is an expletive show, fuck the Dodgers. Uh, I, I do want to point out you're talking about baseball. Uh, I found it. East Coast over here. <laughs> yeah, I, I do want to point out though something kind of funny. Um, you talk about baseball. Say it. I feel like but an asshole the other right day now. I was the, the the peak of baseball season in. Um, in like July, June or July, I have Sirius in my car and I was on a long ride and I was slipping through the baseball channels just trying to find something to listen to. And all of a sudden I hear Tony Schiavone's voice. <laughs> yeah, oh, he, wow. does Braves. he does the Braves, right? Yeah, he does the Braves. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Awesome. Uh, Vince Scully, uh, the, the announcer. Yes. Yeah. That you iconic said it iconic yeah. voice. I felt bad. I, had, I was like, I've got to do this man justice. We cannot have an international podcast day. And I completely 
piss off the name of one of the greatest voices in, in broadcast. Now, now Jesse is in an interesting situation because um, he does a solo show, Turning Wheel, Curting Cartwheels, Turning, Tur- wheel, turning Cartwheels podcast. Yep. I apologize. I should know your show name because I do listen to your show. I appreciate um, it. Thank you. No problem. Um, and you also do the Grolix. So you're actually kind of on both sides. You do a solo show and a, a group show. Yeah, and I was I was gonna say, uh, I definitely understand and respect what Justin is saying about uh, doing this solo show because when I am with Randy and Mel, I can just riff. I can have just kind of an outline in front of me, and that's good enough. But when I do the solo show, I have to have it more fleshed out. I have to have a script because you're right; it's so weird. You're, you're well, having a conversation with yourself. Right. But what I want, what I want to point out, though, and, and Jesse, you have said this, and so is Randy, that a lot of times my show is better when I'm by myself. Uh, yeah, you you know what you're doing. You've got a, a formula, or you've got um, a rhythm, a reflex, and it, it shows. And I think that radio voice also plays into that too. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Sounds sounds natural for you. Well, I, like I said, I, I grew, like I said, I, I spent most of my life, you know, with, with radio stuff. And uh, so I think, you know, I've just, I idolize those guys. You could tell I, I idolize, you know, Art Bell and, and even Stern, as crazy as Stern is. I mean, he is a genius when it comes to how he handles himself on the air. Who's your least favorite DJ of all time? I'm going to throw Man Cow out there. I hated Man Cow. Honestly, Bubba the Love Sponge. Oh, yeah, he's awful too. Oh, I can't stand him. He just doesn't. First of all, I, I never actually got to work with him. When I was at, I was at merger happened, so I never really got to deal with him. But I heard buddy of mine stayed behind, and he said he was really nasty to work with. Well, I mean, he filmed Hulk Hogan having sex with his wife, and then sold it, and then got Hogan sued. And all this shit. He's great buddy, good guy. <laughs> yeah, good brother. Um, I don't care for Bubba the Love Sponge. I, I think I do hold Art Bell in, in the highest regards uh, sure. because he, he always was solo and anybody that can do the same show for 42 years and keep it fresh like that mm-hmm. when i think we got to I mean, mention casey Kasem. like to oh, me yeah. that's the voice that oh, God, i yeah. grew up with oh, i mean just man. like that's the voice of radio to me early on in my life uh, like and, and and for me too i must pay respects to monsoon and heenan and jim ross those voices i i can go to sleep like i can't fall asleep to a wrestling show voiced by michael cole i hate no. michael cole but, no i mean like Jim Ross is like a lullaby for me. <laughs> and so is like what, Monsoon. What? So is Monsoon. What? Like if I can hear him, Ven- I'll Ventura. <laughs> Ventura, not so much. No. Vince, not so much. Not much yeah. He doesn't have time to bleed. What so, well, I think it's interesting too. You talk about that, uh, especially you know when you talk about some of those guys. Um, they weren't at ideal time slots. Like like Art Bell was at a really crummy time sure. slot, but he made it work. Well, and yeah. Um, the it was his niche. His niche. For, I mean, his niche is the paranormal. Yeah. I mean, and did yeah, he and ever? We, did, and that's where I know him from. Did he have other shows outside of that? He had. He did coast to coast for close to thirty five years, and then he went to Sirius for a handful of, I think, okay. a year to do a couple other things, and then he went out on his own. Night in the Desert, which he has since retired from, mm-hmm. uh, due to some health issues. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, he, he, I mean, to have to be on that that late at night and have the success he did with it mm-hmm. in a time where on-demand audio wasn't a thing yet it was pretty impressive. 
Yeah. Uh, and then when you look at some of the other uh, other greats, um, I always liked Opie and Anthony. I respected those guys. They really had a great run. Uh, them and Stern at K-Rock were some of the best years for K-Rock. Can I talk really quick? We mentioned Stern so many times. Uh-huh. How do you guys feel about the movie Private Parts? I, f- I love that movie. Mm. I think it's hysterical. Pig vomit. Like, I for, forever, Paul Giamatti will be w- pig vomit to me. I, w and Basie. <laughs> no, you're, think- you're not saying it right. It's W and Basie. In, in, in my mind, I'm, I'm saying it the way you're saying it. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to gargle with this now, and then we're going <laughs> to. I think it's a testament well, I- to his talent, the fact that there is a movie. Yeah. I mean, like how how many people are going to go to a movie about a, a radio personality? But mm-hmm. they did. If you build it, they will come. Do you believe that well, the E show in the '90s is responsible for really, really blowing him up to a point? I mean, that's where I first discovered Howard Stern. No, nah, he he was big yeah. before the E show. Nationally, though, I was going to say was he, was he syndicated in the mid. I mean, like he by that point he was syndicated like four different markets by that point. Okay. We didn't really I mean, know I mean, who he, he was, though, here in Nebraska yeah. and Iowa. I, mean, I don't think that was it. That was our well, gateway. I'm, yeah, well, well, I'm in Pennsylvania, yeah. so it's a little so bit different. He, he's you're always been East Coast. East Coast. Yeah. Sure. No, I mean, I remember that, that E! show, and then seeing the movie, I had no idea. Like, when I saw that movie, it was the first time I realized how, you know, how long he'd spent on the radio. And, like, I just thought he was a TV, new, new TV personality, to be honest. Like, I just, I know all about him now, but. I without the E show, I would have would have never known him. I mean, he's a very bright guy too. He's a Kumo Sumlad graduate. I mean, he, he's a he's a really bright guy. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! The in the movie when the beginning when he's got the the perm and the fucking mustache. Oh yeah, yeah, but he was yeah, but you don't understand. He was he look he had that uh, oh sure horrible sure mustache did. even at WNBC. No, 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 even when he was at WNBC. Oh really? Vomit, he still had that horrific. But he didn't shave the mustache. And grow the hair out until maybe that right when he started doing the E show, he had oh, that horrible wow. look all the way through <laughs> the the eighties, and oh, it was it was bad. Oh boy, he even admits it. <laughs> but I, I think when you when you start talking about um, talking about radio guys, though, like I said, you have to talk about all those guys because those guys kind of paved the way for what we're doing right here. Mm-hmm. I mean, technically, I mean they did. <laughs> oh yeah, without without question. Casey Kasem, yeah. I mean, even his kid is good. What do you guys think of Ryan Seacrest? Uh, is that New Year's Eve yet? Is that yeah, his, okay. Is, okay, he's not my favorite, but, you know, yeah. like, kudos to him for doing what he's doing. Yeah, I prefer – I would have preferred Carson Daly. Oh, yeah. I don't know why, but I've always, I've always liked Carson Daly. It's not that TRL. Lovable, that lovable loser kind of thing. Like he feels sure. a little more every man than right. wait, wait, wait. Ryan Seacrest. Seacrest looks like a robot. Well, no, all he can do is TRL and debut Backstreet Boy songs. Well, but he had to put up with Eminem too. <laughs> he had him on his show a few times. I think he even had uh, Tom Green on his show. Oh my gosh, Tom Green! Like if you can laugh, uh, if you can laugh that off, then I think uh, you get extra points in my book. <laughs> What was that movie? Freddie got fingered when he worked at the cheese yeah. sandwich factory. Yeah. <laughs> so, 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 uh, Dustin. Before I know we're going to be eventually be wrapping up, but I want I want to pick Dustin's brain for one second about something. Yeah, uh, the other day, I was on the network watching some classic b- wrestling, 
And uh, as much as we're talking about commentators and we're talking about voices of that, uh, watching the, the Yokozuna when he gets slammed for the first time and listening to Vince's capacity crowd, here he comes, the one and only Lex Luger. Oh, he hit him in the head with a six-inch steel plate in his arm. Yeah. A six-inch steel plate. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, the, uh, Lex Luger really had a six-inch steel plate in his forearm. Really? So he yeah. really did have the steel plate. Yeah, yeah absolutely. There was he had well, some stuff in there. Is, Broke he, he like shattered his arm. Of, what I think is is interesting about that though, when you actually look at all that, I always really like Bobby Heenan and Jim Cornette. I always like the guys that could talk and cut a promo better than the wrestlers. Royal Rumble ninety two. Bobby Heenan's work during the Royal Rumble match, if you remember, it was won by Ric Flair. He became the champion. It was the first uh, the the Royal Rumble match was for the title that year because it was vacant. And the whole match, uh, Heenan was managing Flair with Mr. Perfect, and Heenan is screaming at the top of his lungs like, that's not fair to Flair. Uh, totally in the pocket of Ric Flair this whole match. And you'd think that would be really annoying or just take away from the match. But like every like Heenan's near heart attacks every time Ric Flair is about to go over the ropes reminded me a lot of the match that Brian Kendrick had with Kota Ibushi and Daniel Bryan calling it when he was clearly solely on the side of Brian Kendrick, and it brought so much more emotion. And even Heenan, could, being an asshole and just being a dick, could draw that emotion out of you as a listener and as a viewer. And that, that is lacking severely in pro wrestling today. Yeah, yeah but Heenan, in my opinion, is the best renouncer to have never called a single wrestling hold. Sure, <laughs> sure, ah. Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. I don't ever remember Heenan. I mean, I remember, I mean, just some of the things you come out with. Like, I remember in, in WrestleMania 9 when came Mega out Powers <laughs> beat IRS and uh, and Million Dollar Man. And they're taking apart the briefcase and all that. And, uh, you know, Hogan's throwing all the IRS papers. And, and Heenan's like, that's confidential information. And, da, da, da. and all of a sudden, Hogan pulls out a brick. And Gorilla's like, look at that. And he's like, he's like what, what? You never know when you're going to need a brick. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, no, that's what that's like. The heel announcers now don't they don't spend enough time justifying or like the actions or coming up with excuses, and and that's they just me, say that's a huge that's because he's a that's well, because he's a champion or yep, yeah. whatever. Well, well, and I think Michael Cole was having a great heel run there until like Jerry Lawler like had a heart attack at ringside. Oh yeah, dear lord, that was scary. Yeah. I mean, that pretty much killed his whole heel character. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Remember that the, point, remember the box, the, the plastic box he had at ringside to keep him away from Jerry Lawler. Um, yeah. yeah, I loved it. <laughs> well, well, you know, he was saying he actually talked about it on the Sam on primetime Sam Roberts show um, when he had uh, Michael Cole on. Michael Cole, when they brought he when they brought Jerry in the back, people were coming over his um over you know how they could talk to you in the headphones. Michael, you have yeah. to prepare to deliver the worst. Oh my God! Like you have to be prepared. You may have to deliver bad news. Dear Lord, that would be so heavy to handle. Your friend, almost as bad like, as you the... know. Uh, you know that like Cole and Lawler are close, and that would just be awful to deal with. It'd be like me having well, to deal thing, with you know, somebody to telling realize... me Kevin was about to die or something like that. Oh, yeah. Well, you have to realize too, it's a different. It was. It's a different business now than it was then. You know, if you remember when Owen Hart died, um, you know. Admitting they would have stopped the show and I think refunded everybody, but during the height of the attitude era, when when ratings and pay per view were like 
you know, WWE was on the cusp of bankruptcy, WCW, you know, they're basically, you know, they had to keep going. But if refunded, they might have been out of business. Well, no, uh, um, that pay-per-view happened after WWE had taken over and the ratings began. But the thing is, and the reason I believe to this day they didn't end the show, we were at an unprecedented time in wrestling where everything was possible, where there was nothing off the table anymore. We've seen – there were uh, – Miss Kitty showed her, her breasts on live pay-per-view at one point. I mean, we had Mae Young giving birth to a hand. We had – some crazy shit going on in professional wrestling. And unfortunately, there was a potential chance that you really dealt with the fans in attendance not believing what they'd seen. I think I talked to people who were there. I've met people who were at the show, and they had no idea what the hell was going on, like live. Well, there wasn't internet then either. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There was no. There was the proliferation of information at the time wasn't there. And so you had people at home, even the people at home watching it, you – like was this an angle or not? Like it was there. It was like the unfortunate perfect time. I know that makes me sound like a huge idiot to say like people thought that this might have been a story, but there was that legitimate idea that, that people felt that, and and I think that's not the way the business is anymore. I mean, if you know people are going to believe it now, um, and I'm sure that I'm, there's people out there who are probably sitting there listening to me right now saying what the. Fuck are you on? But it, it's I, I've talked to people. People didn't buy it. Like the comp, the, the the company was very different back then. When I watch now, I I wonder like it, was that a real bump or not? Because we've seen enough real bumps lately. We've seen career-ending moves. We saw uh, Sting go into retirement at a pay-per-view. We we saw uh, Enzo get hit with the rope and and sustain a concussion so oh, i was like, there live at that show that was oh the worst, that was one of the worst feelings that was scary and and, yeah. and part of you is like is that real well and it's gotta I be knew, real i don't i think knew it was real that one you knew was real because you saw ends cast looked horrified right um and i remember being in the crowd and you you start you had a sense of panic because you're like oh my god did i just watch a guy die for one yeah. And that's well, the reality. That's the reality of it. And then too, you're like, oh my God, like that's Enzo Mori. He's amazing, you know? And yeah. Luckily he's okay and everything worked out. But as a fan, that is a really intense moment when you see an injury like that live and you're just like, it's like the fun stops all of a sudden. You're just like, shit. Yeah. Like, well, you know? I, I was there the night that they, that they blew up Vince McMahon's limo. The, the, because I was at the arena because that <laughs> oh, was taped. Maybe, maybe, well, I was taped. Maybe. What was the reaction? Thank God. What well, was the reaction of the crowd? <laughs> well, every, we all were like, whoa, but the thing that, that we were all like, whoa, 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 but here's the thing that killed it outside. Um, there was police saying, by the way, just so you know, this is a, this is a work. Please don't call oh, us. Because, well, no, what was happening was this was right around. This is before the iPhone came out. It was right when the Blackberries were popular. <laughs> well, I know where um, you're going with this because everybody right started calling from, the police. Everybody started calling the police. So as we were walking out of the arena, um, and how long does it take you to walk out of the Maybe 10, 15, 20 minutes? Ah, they were police mark. stationed there saying, hey, you're <laughs> going to need – don't call the police. This is a work. So it kind of killed it when you were at the arena for it. Sure. Um, but then a week and a half later, two weeks later, you had the Benoit thing. Yeah. Well, I know. Horrible timing. Again, Horrible timing. I was like, oh, is this another work? Well, you know? Do you know that um, – and not well, to trivialize other, anything. Oh, is this another Sherry, work? Sherry died. Sherry died the next week. Like it was the Vince McMahon limo. Sherry died. Benoit the next week. So, like, two really poor timing issues right after they killed Vince McMahon. 
so yeah, uh, the the was the arena just did everybody just kind of look at each other like what the shit did we just see? What was it like in there? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was. I remember it, there was an eerie feeling at the arena, but then as you were walking out and the, the police turned yeah. out worried about it, the eerie feeling was over because you knew it was a work. But you didn't know being in there it was a work. Wow. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that they could. I mean, and, to me, at, as a viewer at home, you're just like, huh, all right. <laughs> but I guess, like, right. being there live, it would elicit a different reaction for sure. Yeah, I was, but you have uh, to understand the whole arena shook when that thing blew up. Really? Really? Okay. See, I'd always wondered if that got filmed earlier, like, or the night before, something like that, you know? Like, if they did that uh, some other point in the evening where it was there wasn't the people in the building or something. Because they've done that before where they, they film something else and they play it like it's live, but it's not. Yeah, I think um, that's how they do it now, right? Yeah. Like, that's much more well, immersive. Well, that... Well, that, that happened all the time back in the day. Mm -hmm. um, like a lot of those bits with Austin flipping the cars over, dropping the beams on the DX mm -hmm. uh, bus, that was all filmed days in advance. Right. Um, promos at WrestleMania and stuff like that. Um, they would actually film the promos like a week ahead of time. Right. And then what they would do is just, and then they would just play it like it was live. Right. Means right. in Oakland said there were many times where he had nothing to do at pay per views because he had filmed all the. <laughs> well he had time to drink then that guy <laughs> he is a boozer i'll tell you that um, you guys want to eat he still has hamburgers one, <laughs> he still has a 1-900 number you can call for, for wrestling info oh geez of course he does <laughs> did you guys ever call the 900 numbers the nitro hotline oh no i didn't have that kind of money <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, a minute you know cold Who's coming to Nitro next week? <laughs> reports reports say a major name debuting next week on Nitro. <laughs> Tune into Nitro next week. On, find out. It's like, oh, Jesus. So, uh, uh, well, I, I had to tell you, I've been watching those old in your houses, the ones that raise okay. them on the one, two, three, kid. And I love, I love like, like, okay, we're okay. Here we go. Raise them on. Oh, company's enjoying his title run. Up front, we have Todd Pettengill. Todd, what do you have for us today? Oh, Vince, I have some great Shawn Michaels t-shirts. <laughs> Call 1-800-TITAN-ME. 1-800-TITAN-ME. I'm like, oh, this is pre-internet. Todd Pettengill. Just for the That's like... Uh, but by the way, I did call some of those little Titans. They had like and you call those? Numbers. Do you remember... If you call those old Titan numbers, you do get... I tell you that this is a WWE old number that's not in service oh, that's funny <laughs> do you remember the show live wire ah uh, vaguely yeah so it was a it was a studio show inside like wwe's production center uh it was hosted by vince mcmahon originally uh -huh. um, i think todd pentengill was involved sunny was involved and jim Cornette was involved and it was a call-in show and you could call into it and ask wow. questions it was like the first time wwe started acknowledging some insider stuff it was like in that like ninety four to ninety seven period, mm -hmm. um, and there was I remember there was a show where Paul from Philadelphia called, and it was Paul Heyman, and oh nice, and got into a little ver I don't and, you know it's a word he had to let's be real let's be real it, was, <laughs> it came across as such a, an amazing shoot. That I, I I still love that moment because Vince Vince reacts well to it when he's like, wait a minute, this Paul from Philadelphia, like, 
uh, is great. Well, those are the kind of things I almost wish they would do more of. And I think that Talking Smack, I don't know if you guys check that out on the network. Just it's snippets, like a great yeah. show. It's a great show because it's, it's giving the talent an opportunity to go out there and create a persona. And I think that's yeah. what's lacking in, in WWE today is like these people, some of them are granted the opportunity to be themselves. Like Seth Rollins can be himself. You know, AJ Styles. Bray Wyatt gets to do what he wants to do pretty much. But uh, a guy like The Miz is limited to what they're giving him. And he gets like that promo he cut on Daniel Bryan a few weeks ago was career changing for him. For sure. Uh, I think a lot of people stepped up and realized we've been giving The Miz a lot of shit. I still hate the character, but I can't deny the work he's putting in and how great Oh, yeah. His matches have been much more interesting. Let me put it to you this way. I will never have any sympathy for The Miz. He's married to Maurice, for goodness sakes, to Maurice. (laughs) He will get no sympathy for me. (laughs) Fair enough. I really, if you listen to my show every time I bring him up, I shudder because I I go, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but yes, The Miz had a great match (laughs) tonight. Uh, His matches with Ziggler, uh, have been fantastic. Yeah, I've I've liked those. I'm I'm a little worried about the career ending angle that they're gonna take now. It's like ah, <laughs> uh, I don't know if I believe it. But yeah, we'll see. Yeah, what but what gets me about the Miz though, okay? He basically got to start on MTV's The Real World and then transitioned into wrestling. So yep. I have really no sympathy for him. That's why <laughs> you know it's. I, I always look at it from now this. Now you got me going. <laughs> well, uh, I do want to transition because I, I do want to say one thing I haven't I – I forgot to say on my show this week. It'll be too late. It really bums me out that – I love the New Day, but it really, really, really bums me out that Gallows and Anderson have become uh, fodder for the New Day. Uh, I Man, I feel like they've, they've already missed the boat on those guys. It's too late already. Uh, and I think all because they realized – yeah. And, and I think after this loss, they still should. Yeah. Go pair him back up with AJ. Heat everybody back up again, uh, and market the club. You're you're missing out a boatload of money by not marketing the club more. Uh, well, and like Finn the fact Balor, that they still wear the logo. Finn Balor believing. being on injury, like he could show up anywhere. Right. Whenever he comes back, it won't matter. I mean, it would be a huge surprise no matter where he shows up. Well, and it does make you wonder if Gallows and Anderson would have been more involved in Finn Balor's story, perhaps. If right. Finn Balor hadn't gotten hurt. I mean, there's a lot of things. I think it's time to pick up the pieces, but then though and move them to SmackDown, I think you're completely right. But it, it, to me, they're too talented to, to have ended up just getting beat down by New Day, who I think the only reason they did is because WWE realized they're so close to breaking Demolition's record. They almost need to swap the, the Wyatt family back to Raw and, and bring the Bullet Club to SmackDown. Bray Wyatt has to me what do you mean they're gonna to break, What do you mean they're going to break Demolition's record? Um, Demolition... Uh, like obviously the the world tag team title the the current version of this title uh, is the one that started on SmackDown in 2002 as uh, the lineage for this title uh, that is being held by the New Day. But the overall every tag team title variation in WWE history record is 478 days by Demolition, and the uh, New Day are uh, will be going into Raw at 407 days, I believe, this Monday. So they're going to break that record. they're a three-man team, just like Demolition was, too. Right. So I think the New Day are breaking that record, which, you know what? I, I like that. I think they deserve it. It's just still sour taste in my mouth that Gals and Anderson at the expense of them. Right. So thanks for letting me get that in. Um, Let me get all right. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's try to wrap it up real quick because I think we've crested our 90-minute, uh, our typical 90-minute runtime for the crossovers. We're about uh, on that two-hour mark right now. <laughs> let's. 
hour, about oh, the yeah, two hour mark. Is, Ra- is, is, Randy, is Randy tweeting you? Is he like, you got to get wrap this he, up? He's it's not saying wrap it up. No, not, no, not yet. It's, but, it's, but don't give him any ideas. EMC World Wrestling Show. Let's wrap it up with one last question. Let's say you can book anybody, but with this in mind, if you can book anybody for an interview on your show, and it's that social proof thing. You're looking for the interview that can maybe just push your podcast into uh, a few more people's iPods or phones or whatever they use to catch their their podcasts. Who are you looking for that you think it, it's gonna we- it's gonna push your brand? It's it's gonna push your message. It's gonna push your mission. Who are you looking for as your your awesome interview that would get you those extra viewers or listeners? <laughs> Jesse, can we? Uh, that, that's a tough question because it, it, who could help your brand or who did you want to interview the most? Because they're, they're, they're two different things. I would, I would shoot for the one, uh, you know, shoot for, yeah, don't, don't go for the, the personal thing because, yeah, who would I want to talk to versus what's going to help my show? Totally different. But let's stick with your show. Uh, mine's easy. I already have a goal by episode 100, Seth Rollins. That would be awesome. It's Pro Wrestling Iowa podcast. We should have the only Iowan to ever hold the heavyweight championship of the world. Oh, that would, yeah, yeah. That's well, that's totally not true. I guess like Frank Gosh. Okay, of the modern era. <laughs> there's some, right. there's some uh, way back in the era days. But uh, more realistically, uh, right now I'm working on getting James Ellsworth on the show. I reached out to him and he, he responded. So I'm waiting for a reply back um, now. Uh, but I don't, if you guys don't know who that is, that's the jobber from uh, the first Braun Strowman match. Uh, the guy that has no chin. Um, just awesome. <laughs> guy that everybody awesome. yeah. fell in love with on the internet. He's a complete jobber. Uh, but he's a, he's a promoter out in Maryland. And uh, I looked at it. He only had about 12,000 Twitter followers. I said, I think I can get this guy. And uh, he, he replied. So we'll see what happens with that. Nice. Brandon? Uh, well, I think... See, it's a, it, I, I'm I'm kicking. It's it's such a tough question. Um, do you do you want a minute? Because I know mine. Because I, well, I, I I wrote Steve, this question. So Steve Jobs <laughs> level brought back to talk oh, to yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do the same answer. Bring Jobs back. Um, <laughs> I, I don't. Yeah. I, you know, it's it's a tough question because I guess there's so many people in in tech that have been so influential and with the way the tech industry changes you know somebody that may be good today maybe next month may not be the biggest draw um i've met i've, I've had the I've, I've met a lot of guys um the one person i would love to get on but i've he, he every time i do try to get him on um he just doesn't have the time and he apologizes is steve wozniak oh that would be founder of apple Yep. Yeah, um, he hasn't said no. It's been it's been like I don't have the time right now. I'm sorry. Um, he's a ham radio operator. I have talked to him on the air once or twice. Um, so I have talked to him, but I've never actually had him on the show. Probably one of the nicest guys I've ever met. Uh, I would like to get him on the show. Like I said, I have talked to him, but I like to get him on the show. And uh, yeah, I, I think he'd be my. I think he'd be a number one pick. Jobs probably would have been first. It's gonna happen anytime soon. <laughs> uh, maybe at least Michael Fassbender. I think. Uh, okay, so for yeah. our show, for the Grolix podcast, I would go with uh, you know, like 
I think, you know, like Randy being a huge Batman guy, I would almost go uh, Frank Miller because he's infamous for, for the GD Batman. Like I would want to throw somebody on there that we would have to Grolix. Um, That or uh, Alan Moore would always be somebody that I think would just, just drive things off the rail in a weird Grolixy way. Absolutely. Two really talented guys. Can we can we throw one more question out there? Who who would we want to interview if we could interview anybody? Yeah, might as well. It's a kind of kind of a sister question to this, anyways. Yeah, who Go would ahead, you Dustin, want? You were first before, anyway. Oh, actually, give me give me a minute because like now that you're asking me to think of anybody, and so I can take this outside the pro wrestling realm. Let me give me a minute to think about it. I would want Josh. Go ahead, Jesse. I'll, I'll... Josh Whedon, I think, because uh, he's been involved in so many different like nerd geek chic projects and he's he's uh dealt with so many different uh personalities uh, both from the uh like i'm managing a, a television show managing a major uh you know like marvel cinematic universe movie property uh, right down to his infamous run on astonishing x-men as just a a writer you know like i think people would think kevin smith and i would uh, i would never pass him up but i i would shoot for joss whedon you know know, jesse i'm gonna say i'm surprised you didn't pick stan lee i would love stan lee but uh, you know i don't know he's not creating right now and that would be the main thing uh he would be incredible to talk to you wouldn't but, pass him up if he called you, no, right? Oh, God, no. No, he's an icon. Uh, but I think uh, Joss Whedon is somebody that's creating things right now. And I think uh, that's what I would want for the Grolix podcast. Um, I guess I guess if I was going to interview anybody, it probably would be uh, probably you know the legendary Art Bell, only because he's a legend. I grew up uh, listening to him. He's influenced me so much between getting me into the radio ham radio he's a ham radio operator too um i just would like to have him on the show just because he's a legend and because he's somebody who really kind of influenced my life yeah i don't think and i hate this i hate this somebody say well somebody like that influenced you uh if you if you listen to him as many years as i did he was a ham radio operator he was a really bright guy when it came to tech he knew how to he knew how to how to work his brand he knew he he was just somebody who uh you know I don't think I would have gotten into tech if it wasn't for him pushing me into radio technology and, and all that kind of stuff. Just because he influenced my life, I'd like to have him on the show once just to kind of give a thank you, you know? I think that uh, for me, it would actually be Kevin Smith. Mm. I grew up, I have my, my, my learning to be cool with my accept who I was uh, as a as a fan boy and as like a nerd, I really owe it to Kevin Smith's films. I, I love the US universe and I I just get a vibe from him that I me and him could have a good conversation and that I just would love to pick his brain and talk shop and just talk about his life and my you know I, how I totally how I can strive to be more like him. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. I mean he would be my first choice if he isn't already on like a hundred podcasts of his own. Like that's the only thing that that stops me short of Kevin Smith because you're absolutely right. He's super influential, especially in podcasts. That would would be be just a selfish, that would just be a selfish pick of like, I just want to get to know Kevin Smith. Sure. Well, and I understand where you're coming from because I could tell you if there's one person I really, besides our bell that I want on my show, it would be Adam Savage. 
because mm-hmm. Adam Savage is the patron saint of geekness. His career sure. myth busting and, yeah. and working on science and, and going to Comic Cons and, and all I mean he ha- oh, yeah. I mean he has his own shop with he does you know uh, you know all the kind of prop making he does his attention to detail yeah. is incredible. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I'm a subscriber of his premium content. Uh, I think it's probably some of the best forty dollars I spend a year. Um, being somebody who is a maker and being somebody who is who made his own radio unit, worked on computers, you know, built, you know, practically, you know, uh, very, you know, I'm a handyman. I I, bu- I build a lot of stuff. I work on cars. Um, betting to meet Adam would be just awesome because he's he embodies geekness. Right there, I really wanted to start singing. He's a man, such a man's man. <laughs> oh, William Regal's repackaged gimmick. Yeah. That's horrible. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, we, I, I feel like we could keep going forever. And, we, you know, if you want to off air, we can. But we should probably wrap this up. So uh, let's go ahead and uh, tell people where y- you can be found. Where can people find your podcast? Right. Well, I'll take the lead here. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Smohawk. Uh, and on Instagram at Smohawk, and uh, you can find my show uh, at Pro Wrestling IA on Twitter, and by searching Pro Wrestling Iowa on Facebook, or going to ProWrestlingIowa.net. Brandon, uh, just um, uh, my, my website has links to everything. I'm all linked up like that. Uh, it's just thetechnologygeek.org. Uh, on there, you can find all the links to my podcast. You can find obviously all of my uh, blog posts. We have daily blog post sometimes more than one a day uh so if you're somebody who likes to read and follow what's going on with uh tech like i said we do post daily on there and plus our weekly podcast again that's thetechnologygeek.org and jesse where can they find all your stuff <laughs> thank you brandon uh you can find us at grolicspodcast.com which is uh the main show that i'm on i also do uh the turning cartwheels podcast which is at cartwheelspodcast.com and you can find everyone's shows including uh, a lot of awesome content that we weren't able to feature tonight at electronicmediacollective.com guys thank you for uh, joining me tonight on such short notice so that we could enjoy and celebrate International Podcast Day. Happy day to you. You're welcome. (laughs) Pleasure being here. All right, guys. Have a great night, and we will catch you next time on the next crossover episode. Pay attention for that. You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows, visit electronicmediacollective.com.